0: Hey, from New Jersey. It's the SNL Nerds, a show or two. Comics from New Jersey. Nerd out about Saturday Night Live. I'm your co-host Darren Tapes,
1: and I'm your co-host John Trumbull.
0: How you doing, Johnny? Summertime. Uh, doing okay. Doing okay. Uh,
1: yeah. Uh, right. Are you ready to talk about
0: 1941 again? Wait, yeah. This is a nineteen all 1941 podcast now, right? Have, is is this is that is that the transition complete? Are we is this podcast only about the movie Nineteen Forty One and everything having to do with it? Sure,
1: why not? Let's just interview every person who had anything to do with Nineteen Forty One from here on out. But no, it. Uh, I'm I'm making a, a joking reference because we released a bonus episode this last Friday and we talked to uh, comic artist uh, uh, Steve Bissett uh, who is who illustrated the uh, Nineteen Forty One the illustrated story for Heavy Metal magazine and. Check that interview out if you haven't uh, listened to
0: that yet. It's really cool, especially if you're a comic book fan. Yeah, guys, that's a toot our own horns, but I, I would say that that episode was probably one of our best. I'd put it up mm-hmm. It's It's in the Hall of Fame, definitely. Yeah, I'll, I'll put that episode right up on the rafters. Yeah. Uh, uh,
1: Steve has some great stories to tell about the making of that comic book, and it is as insane as making the movie itself.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it's it's quite a doozy, as the kids say. So uh, check it out, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, you know, unfortunately, this episode is not about the movie 1941. Uh, We've we decided to take a little detour and talk about another movie that came out in uh, 2007. Because, you know, it's summertime, the Olympics, sports, running, all that jazz. It's in the news everywhere. So we were like, let's do an Olympic-themed movie. So we're talking about... The movie *Blades of Glory* from uh, came out March 30th, 2007, starring Will Ferrell, John Heater, uh, Will Arnett, Amy Poehler, Craig T. Nelson, and of course uh, Jenna Fisher.
1: Yep, yep. I remember seeing this movie back in the day. Uh, Thought it was funny then.
0: Rewatched it for this. Still think it's funny now. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a, it's a, it's a gas. This movie. I remember, like the same thing. I remember watching this. Did I see this? In a, I'm pretty sure I saw this in the theater. I might have seen this with my my now wife back when she was just my gal. And uh, yeah, we yeah, no, we got we dug this film, we we dug it, and uh, yeah, it still still holds up. It's still pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there's probably a few things here and there that are a little, I guess, problematic by today's standards, but it's still you still get a few good laughs out of it. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So this film was directed by Josh Gordon and Will Speck. Uh, the two of them went on to direct the movie. Um, the Switch with Jennifer Aniston and Jason Bateman. And Office Christmas Party with uh, Jason Bateman and Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> mm, Change-up, yeah. <laughs> yeah, switch Switching it up, switching it up. I never I never saw either of one of those. Uh, me neither. So I, that's why I didn't have much to say about it. I was like, oh yeah, I remember they came out. So that's mm-hmm. something. And uh, speaking of this movie, this is like, um, I remember John Heater, like, you know, f- of course from Napoleon Dynamite fame. Like for, I think he's he mostly does voiceover work now. But for him for a while there, especially in the uh, in the early aughts, he was like after Napoleon Dynamite, he was a bit of a hot commodity. He was he was the hot
1: property, and then it just seemed like his star cooled off quickly. And I'm still not entirely sure why that happened. He did he did a movie with David Spade and Rob Schneider, I think. Uh, bench warmers yes bench, bench warmers yeah and I I don't think that did well if I'm remembering correctly and it seemed like he just wasn't in as much demand after that
0: yeah I remember he also did the school for scoundrels with Billy Bob Thornton the Todd Phillips movie yeah that was kind of kind of you know kind of wasn't as big a hit as I guess people thought it'd be I mean Maybe. it's weird like when you think about Napoleon Dynamite when you think about that movie because it was a movie with a director directed by a man who no one had ever heard of. Right. Like, and full of actors. No one really knew about. And it was mm-hmm. like, it was like the small indie movie and the premise is kind of hard to describe, but somehow it, it was like a huge, huge, like mainstream hit movie. It's like, if you think about it, it's kind of, it's kind of like a, you know, lightning in a bottle.
1: Yeah. I mean, And it's still a huge cult movie today. So I, yeah, I'd like to see John Heater. uh, Come back with something.
0: I, I feel like he's due for a comeback. Absolutely. I mean, I'm looking at his thing now and it, his IMDb now. It seems like he mostly does, uh, like I said, like voiceover for like you know animation and stuff. Hmm. But uh, yeah, yeah, it, it might. We might. It might be time for a heater renaissance, a, a sense. Yeah, yeah.
1: So um, yeah, this was an interesting teaming. It's uh, Will Ferrell does seem to periodically team with other uh <clears throat> comedy stars like outside his circle like he did this he he did uh uh get hard with kevin hart and this would be a good place for a third example but
0: <laughs>
1: uh,
0: uh semi pro he was i mean well, it was woody harrelson that's not really yeah I mean. okay so yeah he's worked with woody harrelson a few times there you go uh but yeah like will farrell like I, I think around this time this was after uh, what was it after, like Old School and Anchorman? Of course, were big hits, and mm-hmm. I think for a while he was kind of playing characters that were kind of like Ron Burgundy, but not exactly. Like this character yeah. he plays here in this movie, Chaz Michael Michaels, It's mm-hmm. like Ron Burgundy esque, but not quite Ron Burgundy. And you could say the same thing, you know, about uh, Talbega Night, Ricky Bobby, and um, you know, Semi Pro. They're like sort of prototypes of Ron Burgundy, but just slightly different.
1: Yeah, I mean I think Will Farrell, he's really good at playing uh deluded idiots. Like <laughs> people who have a lot of bravado, but they don't have any real reason to have bravado. Yes. Who are who are just just these complete boobs, but he's like, Yeah, I'm the hottest thing going. All right. <laughs> and and I enjoy that about him.
0: Yeah, no, he's fantastic. I love I love him. When he plays that type of character, like, um, have you ever seen his Ashley Schaefer character in Eastbound and Down? Um, I've only
1: seen all of the first season of Eastbound and Down, but yeah, I really liked him in that. It's a yeah, fun show, and I need to go back and uh, finish it.
0: Yeah, the first—I mean, I still love Eastbound and Down, but that first season, it was—it was banging on all cylinders, baby. Like, holy yeah, believe, it's. I mean, my God, I mean, Danny McBride. I mean, yeah, yeah. Danny McBride's
1: like. another guy. He he seems like pretty fearless in his comedy, and I, I just I like Danny McBride too. But I mean this this movie it's it's a co- really cool idea, and uh, the movie has an interesting genesis, and the full story I don't think is widely known. So we'll get into that a, a little later. I think when we're covering the trivia, Ooh. but I I think doing a comedy about a male male figure skating team. That's just a great idea
0: yeah I'm actually kind of surprised no one's thought to do it uh, before hmm but uh, yeah it is, it is a great idea well all right, well let's let's start let's get into it let's uh let's start at the beginning as they say okay
1: that's a very uh, good place okay. to start mm-hmm.
0: uh, so we start off uh, we see a, a young boy a young uh, John heaters character's name is uh, Jimmy McElroy mm-hmm. and we see him ice skating he's at a, he's an orphan so he's skating at the orphanage. And we see just from a young age, he's like this amazing ice skater. Yeah. And uh, we see uh, a man wanting to adopt him, this man, uh, William Fincher, the actor, who plays uh, Darren McElroy, who's this uh, billionaire who adopts him because what he wants to do is he uh, he's sort of taken to, you know, adopting and taking on younger children who have big athletic promise. So, yeah. like, he's trying to, like, raise, like, athletes, like, you know, like a... Trying to farm his own super athletes, as it were. Yeah,
1: I I thought it was interesting that the song that's playing under the opening scenes of this movie—it's the same song that Will Ferrell sings at the end of Step Brothers. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Holy yeah, boy. yeah. It's it's Poor Di Valare, uh, also known as Conti Patrio. And I'm probably mangling that pronunciation, but yeah. Mm-hmm. As soon as it started, I was like, "Wait, that's a song from Step Brothers!" Wow, Will Ferrell really likes that song. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if it's just a coincidence or yeah, if Will Ferrell has a thing for
0: that song. But <laughs> that song needs to be in this movie. <laughs> I'm skating to one song and one song only. But yeah, we we see uh, Jimmy McElroy
1: getting adopted by this billionaire, and he trains as a figure skater and he, he grows up and now he's a young man now played by John heater. And we see him not
0: at the Olympics, but at the world winter sport games. (laughs) I did notice that too. Like how, like the symbol, it didn't look like the five circles, but it looked kind of close to it. It's reminiscent
1: of it. It doesn't have like the, you know, the rainbow thing going on, but they're like these interlocking shapes. So it's like as close as you could get to the Olympic symbol without being the Olympic symbol.
0: Yeah, instead of like five circles, it's like five ovals or whatever yeah. they use. they like, oh, that's, yeah. that's, that won't get us sued. Let's do it. Because, I mean, the, yeah, I, I'm sure to use any of the
1: Olympics iconography or logos, you'd have to pay through the nose for that. And and it's funnier if you make up your own games anyway.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, we, like you said, we see Jimmy McElroy uh, skating. We see she. He's a very graceful skater. He does mm-hmm. something called like the galloping peacock, and he's in
1: a fabulous peacock outfit. The ice skating outfits in this movie are really incredible. Fierce.
0: He looks fierce.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and and they're they're just they just take the absurdity of ice skating outfits and they just they just push it like a few degrees further. So it's it's a nice parody.
0: Yeah, and of course we see he has his own like deranged fan, uh, mm-hmm. played by Nick Swartzen. Uh, his fan Hector, who's his, who goes to all his matches and is a bit unhinged. Yeah, but you know we, he's like, the- "Oh, Jimmy, did you get that vial of blood I, I sent you?" <laughs> like, jeez. Um, um, yeah, we also see um, Jimmy's coach, played uh-huh. by Craig T. Nelson of Coach TV's Coach. Yes, Craig T. Nelson,
1: and he and he his character
0: never gets a name. He is just called Coach. Yeah, they're just, they're just like get we need somebody for the coach get that guy from coach yeah
1: yeah so uh, have him he's in
0: action have <laughs> him fly in on coach but it's always nice to see uh, Craig T Nelson I like him a lot yeah he's good stuff man he's, he's, he's got comedy chops I, like I kind of wish he would do more comedies too uh yeah it's fun to see him in a comedy like the last thing I, I really
1: watched Craig T Nelson in on a regular basis was the TV show Parenthood which I was a big yeah. fan of that was that was a great show.
0: Yeah, he's he's good. I mean, uh, I mean, kids will remember him from the you know the Incredibles movies.
1: Oh yeah, um,
0: yeah, Mr. Incredible. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. A terrific voice in that. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, he's got he's got some chops. Hopefully. Maybe we'll get a uh, Craig T. Nelson assance along with the heater Assange. Sure, let's let's bring that on. <laughs> let's bring in all the assances. Yes, <laughs> we we just need more assances. Yes. <laughs>
1: Um, and Jimmy's big rival, his big skating rival, is Will Ferrell's character Chaz Michael Michaels, who's like the bad boy of skating. Uh, and he he does he does a routine to that that song, "The Stroke." Oh, "Stroke Me," uh, Billy Squire. You, Billy Squire, yeah. Is it is it called "Stroke Me"? I thought it was called "The Stroke."
0: It might be "The Stroke." I got I, looked, I thought it was "Stroke." They say "Stroke Me" all the time, so I just figure. Yeah, uh, I don't Squire. know. Okay, but it's Billy Squire. Um. <laughs> right. Uh, we learn more about him. He's like, like you said, like the bad boy of the skating world. He, uh, he grew up in the mean streets of Detroit. Mm-hmm. And he, he came to prominence in the uh, Detroit's underground skating scene, mm-hmm. as you do. And, you know, of course, he has trouble with the law.
1: We, we see um, him skating in the sewers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which I don't know if that's a thing, but it's a funny idea. Yeah, just like illegal underground ice skating. Right. And he's he's also won an adult film award. Yes. <laughs> and he's written a book of poetry, let me put my poems in you.
0: Yeah, so he's uh he, he he's a lot. He's all over the place. Like he, he he's an eccentric character, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like he has like fans in the stands and he just goes up to him and looks their faces. Right. Uh, oh, women yeah. are like
1: throwing their underwear at him. Yeah, he's rock and roll, baby. He's rock and roll. He's he's rocking like you know the 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 black fringed vest, and yeah, like a like a wolf tooth necklace and whatnot. Like, I mean, he looks not unlike like the lead singer of Loverboy.
0: Yeah. Wow. That is a that is a reference. <laughs> yeah. Deep cut. I thought you were going to say something like Motley Crue or Poison. You and Loverboy.
1: Loverboy. Yeah. No, because
0: Lover Loverboy's uh, goofier. Okay. I like it. Um, like I think at one point Jimmy, like uh no, Chaz is taunting Jimmy and then Jimmy comes back saying, Oh, that's you know, you have a bad attitude, that's why I beat you in Oslo. And mm-hmm. then Chaz come back and says, Hey, I was on Quailus, I don't even remember Oslo. Yeah, yeah.
1: So I mean he's he's rock and roll. Uh Chaz Michael Michaels does not have a coach because he is a lone wolf. And, oh yeah, he, he runs alone. That's right. Personal philosophy, clothing's optional. Yeah. So these are they're, they're two opposites, they're two big rivals um and we both see them competing at the World Winter Sport Games and they get the exact same scores for their routines. They are they are tied, so they both win the gold medal.
0: Right. So they both have to go up there and get the gold medal. And um while this is happening, we're also introduced to a, a skating pair, mm-hmm. uh, brother and sister skating duo Strand and Fairchild von Waldenberg.
1: Played yes. by
0: uh then married couple, Will Arnett and Amy Poehler.
1: Yeah, the then married couple. They're they're yeah. no longer
0: together, but right. Then married couple, yes.
1: Yeah. So and and the running gag with them is that they have a it's implied that they have an incestuous relationship. They're very <laughs> affectionate with each other.
0: Yeah, they' ve- they're very close some would say and, too close. And,
1: and it's very funny because it's a real-life married couple playing a brother and sister who are just
0: all over each other. It's very Donnie and Marie Osmond uh, yeah <laughs> oh boy you get um, so that um,
1: so they're like the evil skating duo they're they're the villains of our movie and their backstory uh, they also have a sister uh, Katie van Waldenberg. Who is the younger sister? She was in the car with their parents when the parents died in a car wreck, and since then she's basically like the indentured servant of Strands and Fairchild.
0: Right, and uh, Katie is played by uh, Jenna Fisher of The Office mm-hmm. fame. Yes, yes, and, and it, mean, it is yeah, it is weird how like the, the brother and sister are named like Strands Fairchild, and she's Katie.
1: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And uh, Jenna Fisher, of course, was also in Walk Hard, which we covered previously on this podcast. Yes, we did. Go back into the
0: archives. Check it out, people.
1: Yes. And, uh, okay, so those are are both our our main characters in the movie. And uh, uh, Chaz and Jimmy just hate each other so much. They have to stand up on the podium because they both won the gold medal. And they end up getting into a fight. Right, on I think. Podium.
0: Yeah, I think Jimmy says something like "Get out of my face," and then Chaz says something like "I'll get inside your face." Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, and and they get into a big fight. Uh, Chaz headbutts Jimmy. Jimmy like goes back, falls off the podium, and they end up setting the mascot on fire. Yeah, as you do. As you do. Um, and so then then this becomes like this big thing. They are they're They go to a hearing. Uh, at the National Skating Federation and then we start to get some of our cameos in this movie. We've got a lot of cameos from the real life the real life world of figure skating.
0: Yeah uh, so like it's like yeah there's a committee hearing just to find out what to do after this horrible d- display they, they they you know they did and got into. And mm-hmm. uh, on the panel on the committee hearing is uh, Peggy Fleming, Brian yeah. Botano, yeah. Dorothy Hamill.
1: Mm-hmm. and
0: nancy kerrigan
1: nancy kerrigan who is hit on by chaz michael michaels do you remember when
0: nancy kerrigan actually hosted saturday night live i vaguely remember yeah i remember it not being one of their strongest episodes.
1: it is not a good episode no i was, was i was
0: being nice yeah
1: she was <laughs> very awkward as a host and i think she kind of realized like yeah i'm not i'm not an actor i should probably not do
0: any more of this yeah i mean that's i mean i think we've talked about it before where like uh athletes in you know acting in movies it's it's uh sometimes it works and sometimes it does not
1: yeah yeah she was not a strong host as i recall i couldn't i couldn't after all these years tell you what the sketches were or anything like that i just i just remember the overall feeling of that show yeah yeah I I think she played like a Disney princess or Snow White at some point because there was a controversy in the news where she was she was making an appearance at Disney World and she was like caught on mic saying like, oh, this is so cheesy.
0: Yeah, people lost their shit. Yeah, that's not even that terrible, but no people people treated like she, you know. Cursed out the Pope
1: or something. Yeah. Yeah. People did. I mean, I guess it's not really going in the spirit of the thing. But, you know, if you think that's cheesy, you're allowed to have that opinion.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So she hosted March 12th, 1994 with a musical guest, Aretha Franklin. damn! What a weird combo. Wow. Really?
1: <laughs> yeah. Wow. I. What the heck was Aretha promoting in
0: 1994? I don't know. As soon as Aretha Franklin. she. Wow. All right. All right. <laughs> okay.
1: Maybe we should go back and review that episode sometime. That might be interesting.
0: <laughs> yeah, now I kind of want to see it now that I know Aretha's in.
1: <laughs> I know. I know. I bet I'm sure the musical segments were great. Maybe they realized like that she wouldn't be the strongest host. So, so they were like, let's get a powerhouse for the musical guest.
0: Yeah. <laughs> get Aretha Franklin on the horn.
1: But but anyway, oh, and the, the head of the committee is played by non-figure skater, as far as I know, William Daniels, who you know from St. Elsewhere and Knight Rider and Boy
0: Meets World. Yeah, Mr. Feeney. Yeah. I mean, the great William Daniels, one of our, one of our great character actors. He's good stuff. Uh, so, yeah, so they have the hearing and the committee comes to the conclusion that the two skaters, Jimmy and Chad, should be banned for life from men's figure skating. Stripped. Which- of their medals and banned for life. Yeah. And uh, so. they don't take that well.
1: Yeah. And and Jimmy is, is very contrite. He's like, oh, I'm very sorry. And and Chaz is just like, hey, what? You know, he was like, here I am in the last month's Maxim. I am figure skating. You can't do this to me. So, boom. <laughs> yeah. Very contrasting reactions there.
0: Right. So, uh, as Jimmy goes back home with uh, his, you know, his adopted dad, Darren, mm-hmm. um, play by William Fincher on the ride home. William Fincher says, oh, this sucks that, you know, you can't ice skate anymore. Uh, I don't know how to tell you this, Jimmy, but uh, I'm unadopting you. Mm-hmm. And, like, he immediately kind of drops him off at the side of the road with nothing but his luggage and his baby blue uniforms.
1: Yeah, and and Jimmy, when they give his backstory, like, he's, he's known nothing in his life but skating. He has been training for for this since childhood. And he, he doesn't really have like the social skills to deal with the world. So
0: Right. Exactly. He's yeah. Uh, Uh,
1: The movie then uh, jumps forward to three and a half years later. And uh, they both, both Chaz and Jimmy have fallen on hard times. Chaz is skating as the evil wizard in a, an ice show called grublets on ice.
0: It's a children's ice show.
1: Yes. Yes. And so he has to put on like this big giant, Head as the evil wizard and and say lines of dialogue, and then they cut to him backstage, and he's like getting stoned with the woodland fairies of the show. It looks like the backstage of a rock concert,
0: yeah, like a uh, you know lover boy concert yeah. or something. Exactly, exactly. It is funny though, because at one point you see in the background like a one a woman making out with a guy, and the guy's like kind of half dressed as a woodland creature or something. Yeah, and as while uh, AC/DC plays in the background.
1: Yeah. Like, oh, oh, and we, we briefly see uh, Rob Cordry as Bryce, who's like the manager of the ice show. And,
0: you know, it's just a small part, but it's nice to see Rob Corddry pop up anywhere. Yeah, he's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we also cut to Jimmy, who's working at a ski and skate shop, mm-hmm. uh, you know, lacing on ice skates onto a little girl. And little girl not liking it because they're too tight, but he's like, no, this is, the, this is the right way to do it. And he gets yeah. in trouble with his manager. And he has to like open up boxes in the back, and like the two of them have, yeah. both of them have fallen on uh, quite hard times. They're not, yeah. The, the,
1: you know, he's saying to the like the girls complaining about it, and she's like, "Daddy, he's going too tight." And he's like, "Well, you know, she's wrong. I mean, are you going to listen to the little girl? You're going to listen to Jimmy McElroy?" And the dad is like, "Who the hell's Jimmy McElroy?"
0: So he's been forgotten by the public. After I mean, this- yeah. I mean, that's that does kind of happen though, like where you remember an athlete especially like with i guess olympic people where you remember them for a few years and then you kind of forget about them like um that um like recent there's that Geico commercial with um uh Kayla Maroney in it and then yeah. and like i think my wife saw it She's like oh who's that it's like Kayla Maroney don't you remember she was like a big yeah. deal she did the smirk yeah and she was she like no no <laughs> what, what was that? that that was that was the meme it was like Michaela is not impressed yeah exactly so like yeah. And it's one of those things, like, I'm sure if people saw it now, they would be like, oh, yeah, I kind of remember her. But, like, you know, a couple years ago, she was everywhere. That was, she was, like, a big deal.
1: Yeah, yeah. She did the smirk with Obama, I remember. They did, they did a photo together.
0: Yeah, the smirk. It was it swept the nation.
1: Yeah. Um, so, Jimmy is tracked down by his old stalker, Hector, uh, Nick Swordsden, who tells Jimmy that Jimmy is only banned from the men's singles division. He can actually still compete in pairs. So he could, there is a way he could get back into the winter sport games. Uh-huh. And and Jimmy's like, well, how did you do this? And he's like, hey, no one's more obsessive than me. And then he steals Jimmy's name tag and uh, smells it. Yeah. And then he's like, I'm still going to kill you someday. <laughs> I was like, yikes. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy, Swar- or, excuse me, Nick Swarston is very uh, funny in this, in this part. It's a, it's a small part, but he makes the most of it, I
0: think. Yeah, no, he definitely does. Like, he's gonna play in like very awkward, like, like slightly unhinged, but not quite unhinged uh, people. Yeah, I was, I was kind
1: of expecting his character to come back in a bigger way later in the film, but he, he doesn't really. This is pretty much it for him, and I feel like they could have done more with that character.
0: I mean, there's a, I mean, did you, if at the end of the credits, there's like a little bit of a bonus scene with him in it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But I, I know what you mean. But yeah, that's pretty much it.
1: Uh, Yeah, I would have liked to see him figure into the plot somehow. I feel like they could have worked him in somehow.
0: No, I hear what you're saying. You know,
1: like, if a character says, I'm going to kill you someday towards the beginning of the movie, you'd kind of expect them to come back and maybe attempt to kill that person. Oh. Do you want to see him carry that out? Well, no, I I just would like that that seed to pay off somehow. And it didn't really, I thought. Yeah, don't talk about it. Be about it. Come on. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Jimmy's like, "Hey, this is my way back in. All I have to do is find a partner." Um, so he's he's trying to find a partner, and you have to register the registrations in like two days, so he doesn't have much time.
0: Right. So he goes to his coach about this idea. The coach immediately uh, poops it, says, "No, it's ridiculous. It's too late. You can't do it." Yeah. Uh, then Jimmy notices a sign saying that the uh, the Grublets uh, Ice Skating Children's Show that Chaz worked at, they're looking for female skaters. So he's like, Oh, I'll just go down there and like scout around for female skaters. Yep. Um, so he goes there. Then we cut to the, the grublet show. We see um, Chaz drunk out of his mind, skating as the wizard. Mm-hmm. Uh, at one point he, he's like, he mumbles something about like another figure skater about like him, him and his buddy have, you know, one of his buddy has like a third ball and he, he, he ends up throwing up in the head, the costume head. Right. And it's like, oh, I throw up in here. It's another layer to the legend. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, so Jimmy and
1: Chaz, they run into each other backstage. <laughs> uh, it, predictably, a fight ensues. They
0: get into a fight,
1: and it makes the evening news.
0: Right. I think it starts with Jimmy saying to Chaz, oh, I see you got fat. And then Chaz saying, oh, I see you still look like a 15-year-old girl, but not hot. <laughs> right. Which is, whoa, <laughs>
1: Is that one of the problematic aspects you were talking about?
0: It, um, maybe, no, I guess not. Like, well, I mean, you know, the yeah, the jokes.
1: I think on Chaz's character, it's
0: yeah, yeah, that's true.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, but yeah, not real, but still, it's like wow. Okay, uh, but yeah, then they get into this big, huge fight, and then you know, in the middle of the ice skating rink, everybody sees them. Like you said, it makes the evening news. Um, the coach sees this. On the news, he like rewinds it because I guess he has like TiVo or something. Mm-hmm. And he notices that like the way they they fight isn't dissimilar to ice skating. Yeah. Like, at, one, at one
1: point, Chaz like hoists Jimmy over his head and they're like, he's sort of twirling around. And that's when he realizes these two could be a pair. They could be an ice
0: skating duo. Right. So he's like, hmm. Maybe yeah. Jimmy's idea isn't so crazy after all. We just do it
1: with two men, and he lo- he checks the rules. There is nothing in the rules prohibiting a same-sex ice skating duo. So they decide to register as a pair.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, so then we cut to the two of them registering as a pair, it makes big news, which uh, upsets strands and Fairchild, mm-hmm. of course. You know, saying oh they're making a mockery out of out of this, and of course they say this while they're dressed in like like, you know, furry costumes, and which is their everyday wardrobe. But yeah. It's like kind of over-the-top, you know, sequins and satins and whatnot. Yeah, um, a lot of
1: bedazzling going on.
0: A lot of bedazzling. Yeah. And uh, so they figure what they want to do is they want to have Katie go in and spy on them. Um, Katie originally doesn't want to do it. She's like, no, guys, you guys should just, like, focus on your working on your ice skating and, you know, work on the pageantry of it. And pe- that will win out in the end. And of course, they're like, "No, nah, could you guys just could you just go spy on them, and so we can cheat? We want to do that."
1: Yeah, yeah. So they so they get uh, uh, Katie Jenna Fisher to go spy on them. Uh, they Chaz and Jimmy they start training as a pair, and they're just in the, like this old warehouse where the coach's buddy like ho- it's uh, hosed down the floor.
0: Right. It's very very rocky the cold
1: storage unit.
0: Yeah, like almost like Rocky. Like,
1: yeah. Like yeah. That. Uh, and they they decide that because Jimmy's the lighter of the two, he will be the quote unquote girl, and <laughs> and, and and Chaz only wants to perform to one song, "My Humps."
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Black Eyed Peas. Yeah, and see, and this is the part that Kanye and Jay Z used for that song that they have that I, I tweeted out today.
1: Oh, you, I missed that you tweeted that out. But yeah, yeah. They, they actually sampled from this scene.
0: Yeah, like. It was, I mean, this song was a huge hit back in the day. But yeah, like I, I mean, I don't know how many people watched or got that that, that um, clip of the song was from this movie. But still, like mm-hmm. as soon as I heard it, I was like, oh, did Kanye just sample Blades of Glory? Yeah, what, what were the clips that he uh, he used again? Um, the, at the first part where he said, we're going to skip to one song and one song only. And then it goes into his song. And then in the middle of the song, uh, they, it's the part where he says, I don't even know what that means. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative.
1: <laughs> That's the, very
0: appropriate for a Kanye song. gets the people going. <laughs> I think me and my friends were quoting that for a while after that song came out. <laughs> it's provocative. It's provocative. It gets the people going. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. what That line always makes me laugh. I don't know why it does, but good lord, yeah. it does. Um, uh, and,
1: and so at this point, the coach he also brings in a choreographer to help train the two, and we have uh, Romany Malco, a clean shaven Romany Malco as Jesse, the choreographer. Yeah, uh, I I felt like he didn't have too much to do in this movie. He's a little underused. Yeah, he's he's very funny. There's like a montage where you see him training Jimmy, and we see some uh, Romany Malco's dance moves. And Romany Malco, pretty incredible dancer,
0: man. I think he used. I gotta look it up. I think he used to be in like a rap. Dance group back in the day, so he does. I know like...
1: he played MC Hammer in like a TV movie about MC Hammer, <laughs> and that's wait, why, like at the end of the 40 year version, he breaks into like the Hammer Dance.
0: Wait, <laughs> what? He I
1: to do all of Hammer's moves.
0: Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna Wikipedia right now. I think yeah. I, I think I did know that, but I think I forgot.
1: Yeah, Romany e. Malco is an underrated talent, he's uh, he's somebody who should pop up in more stuff. I'm has. I don't know if he's ever really headlined a movie. The the closest I can think of is he did a movie with Paul Rudd called The Chateau that was Uh, just sort of a duo thing with him. But has he headlined a movie? No. Oh, no, he
0: did. He headlined some movie that I like. Oh, Oh, Tijuana Jackson, Purpose Over Prison. Okay, I don't know that. It came out in 2018. I remember seeing a trailer for it. And I I think it's one of those movies it was out for a little bit then it kind of went straight to streaming. But... I, it looks funny it' was like a it's like um, basically he plays this guy Tijuana Jackson who is uh, locked up in prison and he, like you know he's trying to get his life back in order and he's trying his big dream is now to become a motivational speaker okay so it's like him sort of on the road to being that okay. And like that's like it's a movie he wrote and directed. But yeah, it's and it, I think it has like a few like pretty well known people in it too. I okay, think like that's cool. He's like, doing his own stuff. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I think like I just, Regina Hall's in it and stuff. But like, yeah, it, it's kind of it just kind of faded away in the background. I don't think anybody really remembered.
1: Yeah, no, I don't think I've even heard of that. I mean, I was just thinking that you know, Romany e. Malco, he's done stuff with the Judd Apatow, and he was in like Forty Year Old Virgin and all that. And it's like, well, why didn't Apatow ever like you know put him in more movies and stuff? I want
0: I want to see him pop up more. So yeah. maybe I'm just missing out. I don't know. No, cause, yeah. Like in 40 year old Virgin, he was, a, he was like a breakout star. Like people, yeah. he was hilarious in that. And then after that, uh, let me see what he was in. Uh, Blades of Glory, The X, I kind of remember, uh, Baby Mama. Which was, okay. You know, yeah. I remember him in Baby
1: Mama. Yeah. Uh,
0: the Love Guru. Oh,
1: that was a flop. That was Ooh. a big flop. That probably didn't help him.
0: Uh, Gulliver's Travels. Uh, Think like a man, Las Vegas. Think like a man, two. Mm. Top five.
1: Okay, we we obviously need a Romany Malco assance. Ma- Malco Assange. A Malco a, a Romany assance.
0: Romany assance. All the assances.
1: Yeah, he, he uh, okay. Guy all right, needs needs a comeback. Underrated Romany Malco.
0: Okay, all right. So uh, just real quick from his Wikipedia, I found after high school graduation, Malco fo- Malco formed the rap group RMG. The group moved to LA and signed with a deal with Virgin Records in ninety one. The group changed the group's name was changed to College Boys. And they had a single- Was it Boys with a Z? Of course. How did you spell Boys in the nineties? With an S? (laughs) Stop it. Like a chump. (laughs) And they had a single that went to number two in the rap charts. Wow. Yeah, called a Victim of the Ghetto off their ninety two album, Radio Fusion Radio. Okay, uh, Romany Malco
1: should just be more famous than he is. He should be more known.
0: Yeah, like, oh, here's something interesting. Malco is oftenly mistaken, mistakenly credited for performing one of the raps as MC Scat Cat on the Grammy Award-winning song Opposites Attract, a it with Paula Abdul. And, yeah, <laughs> I'm finding <laughs> Why all Why this- is he mistakenly credited for that? Because uh, on October 29th, 2013, Malco... Told Wendy Williams that he wrote the rap, but he did not perform it. He mentioned running it. He mentioned running into Paula Abdul and asking her, "Who keeps telling people that I'm the cat?" And she responded, "I do. It makes a better story." Malko <laughs> Malko said that Derek D. Light Stevens was the one that rapped the duet with Abdul. Wow! But but Paula Abdul is just like. It makes more. It makes a better
1: story for me to say that the, the other guy did it. What the hell? What yeah. the hell, Paula Abdul? I,
0: I don't, dude. I, I just. I'm just reporting on what I'm finding. Why are you here. gaslighting people? What yeah. the hell? Spreading misinformation, Paula Abdul. This is how. This is how rumors start. That ain't cool. That ain't cool. Uh, let Wait. me let me just
1: toss in another bit of uh, trivia that's that I found on the IMDb page. Um, although it is only sub- referred to subtly throughout the film, the filmmakers intended for the characters of Coach and Jesse, Craig T. Nelson and Romany e. Malco, to be understood to be romantic as well as professional partners. Some indications of that include the, gl- the stained glass window in the kitchen showing the Coach and Jesse together, surrounded by hearts, and the triangle-shaped rainbow ornament visible on their shelf during one scene. I did not pick up on this at all.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I picked up so, the they. That they have known each other for a while. I didn't pick yeah. on, up on them being being lovers.
1: No, no. Uh, so they're they're being like a little too subtle with that. Uh, I'd have to go back and and look at that uh, background detail. Yes. Let's go back to the videotape. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it, it, 2007. Why not just have them be a
0: couple? Yeah, people are ready for it. Come on. Why be coy is, about it? Love is love. Exactly. Uh, so, what the hell were we talking about? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Roman and Malco. Mm-hmm. The, the Malco Essences needs to be get started.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Okay. Uh, so, um, so, the two of them are training. We get, a, of course, a montage of them training and working out. Yeah. Um, Even Rocky had a montage. Yes. <laughs> oh, wow. I love that. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Sure. Uh, and then, uh, you know, as the new spreads of them becoming, of just being a real thing and not a joke, we have some uh, some news clips in here of people interviewing uh, you know, folks on the streets about what they think. A lot of people aren't happy about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, one man saying, as if figure skating wasn't gay enough. And
1: Now, was that a real figure skater who said that?
0: I don't think so. I think that was just dude. Okay.
1: Because there if... are a lot of cameos from real-life figure skaters, and there are a few more references. But, uh, yeah, that, that was funny.
0: And there was one part where uh, they interviewed a like, hot dog vendor, And him saying, let me ask you something. Does this look right to you? Camera points down. Man holding two hot dogs in one book.
1: That's right. Yeah. (laughs) Penis. Get it? It's it's against nature. (laughs)
0: That's right. It's Adam and Eve, not Adam and uh, Nathan's. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: So next we go to... The, the qualifiers, I guess, where, where you qualify for the Winter Sport Games. Yeah, I think this was the Nationals. They were in Denver. The Nationals. That's it. Yes. And the the Van Waldenbergs are there, uh, and they are skating to Good Vibrations by Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch.
0: Because they're from the streets.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and they're they're in, like, jean jackets and, and sideways hats, and they're, again, bedazzled up the wazoo. I'm pretty sure Will and Ed had a gold tooth at one point. He did. He had a fake gold tooth. Like a, a cap over his his tooth, and and he has his the back of his hair is in like cornrows. It's Ooh. it's hilarious. Again, the costuming and the hairstyling in this movie is on point, man. Trade N. Um and Chaz and Jimmy uh do a fire and ice routine um to Aerosmith's "I Don't Want to Miss a Thing." That that was their big hit song from uh, the movie Armageddon.
0: Oh boy, yeah.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, And also, coincidentally, probably one of the worst songs that Aerosmith has ever done. You know what? I, I'll co-sign on that. Co-sign on that. And that was their first number one, which is just... it. That oh. is a travesty. Re- really? Really? Like, that was their very first number one song, yes. Nothing in the 80s? What, like. Dude looks like... Look, Jim, Jane has got no. a gun? No. I, I think they were like top ten songs, but I don't think they ever hit number one before. I remember at the time... People were like, oh yeah, don't want to miss a thing. That's their first number one song. And I'm
0: like, really? What that one? Ugh. What's wrong Ugh. with what's wrong with people? What's wrong with people? They have horrible taste. <laughs> people are terrible. They are. They it's, are. Except you listeners, you guys are cool. Please like, please rate, review, and subscribe.
1: Yes, yes, please do. Please do. Um <laughs> and we will have more another example of people being terrible later on when we're getting into the trivia about this movie. Because whoo! There's a story.
0: <laughs> I have not read this, so like I'm really looking forward to what you're gonna lay on me. I'm
1: enjoying teasing this. Yeah, you. Oh you, you. So, um, uh,
0: yeah, yeah, but, so, but, but they
1: have this extensive routine together. Um, uh, like a, a Jimmy falls at one point, and he's he's just horrified because he's like, I've never fallen while competing before. And and by this time, like
0: Jimmy and Chaz, they've bonded, and Chaz is like, Get up! We can do this together. So. And of course, there's a lot of um, uh, they do like a lot of things like side by side double axles, mm-hmm. a lot of um, you know sexually suggestive poses as, as two L- do. a lot of
1: faces in crotches a lot and crotches, and a f- lot of like you know hoisting uh, Chaz hoisting Jimmy up by his crotch, right? A lot of holding,
0: uh, a lot of holding on the crotches, butts, butts and yeah. on crotches, you know,
1: yeah,
0: it's crotch, crotch, crotch,
1: yeah. There's uh there's there, there's some her- homoerotic stuff going on. You don't say.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. Or or some gay panic jokes. However you want to look at it. Whatever. Uh, but yeah, they, you know, despite uh, Jimmy falling, they actually pull off a really good performance. And yeah, and and the the commentators
1: they point out that the male male pairing lets them do moves that are not possible with other pairs because they both have like you know the upper body strength to to do this stuff. And their big finale is they, they, they slam their crotches together.
0: Yeah. They're basically basically scissoring each other. Yeah. I saw that. I was like, ah, yeah. um, I I don't know if that impresses me, but it's definitely, it's definitely makes me want to, you know, grab my crotch. And and you're
1: just like, I hope they were wearing cups. I hope they were wearing the strongest of cups. The
0: strongest of cups.
1: Yeah. Holy moly. 'Cause they, because they slam into
0: each other full tilt. <laughs> right. And uh but yeah, as it turns out they the judges imp- they impress the judges and mm-hmm. they, they end up winning and going on to Montreal. Yes, they get a six which I guess in this movie scale is the
1: best. I don't know how you would get a six when one of you falls during the routine, but they
0: they had such an amazing comeback, I guess, that the, I, they still get that great score. I get, when you slam crotches into each into each other, that cancels out the falling, I think. I, guess so. If I'm I guess, doing, guess so. If I'm doing the math right, I think that's right. how it works. Right. Um, so, yes,
1: they're going to Montreal. And we also learned that uh, Jimmy and Katie uh, Van Walden, Waldenberg, uh, they have a little crush on each other. It's a little, little puppy love thing oh. going on.
0: And they called it puppy love. Once
1: again with the Donnie and Marie. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I didn't expect to be talking about as much as Donnie and Marie and such as I am, but here we are. We, I mean,
1: I, I expect you to talk about Kanye, Donnie and Marie, not so much. <laughs> you you have versatile musical tastes, my friend.
0: It's another layer to the legend. <laughs> <laughs> um, so
1: I mean, we we also get like some some odd couple type stuff between Chaz and Jimmy. We we see. We see uh, a Chaz with with all his tattoos. We get we get Will Ferrell and all his shirtless glory. Yeah, yeah. His, with, uh, his, and his, uh, mm. how do I put this? Will Ferrell he's not a man who works out. Yeah, no, he he enjoys cake. <laughs> yeah, he's had a burger oh. or two. No, and not not a lot of developed musculature on Will Ferrell's body. And and also there's this odd thing going around his rib area where there's like this indentation
0: yeah it looks like he has kind of just one ab but (laughs) it's just like a big gut i don't know what that is i don't know if that
1: is a makeup effect i don't know if that is a thing that is actually will ferrell's real body i have no idea i've not done the research on this but (laughs) you look at it and you're just like
0: what is that what is going on there in that area i don't know Will, do you tighten your belt around your above your stomach? What's, why is that, <laughs> no. what's going on here, fella? I, I mean, I'm not here to body shame, but I mean... No, no, I
1: am not at all. But you're just, you're just like, what is that? I am unfamiliar with whatever that is. <laughs> I, I have a lot of questions. I have questions,
0: yes. And this is me saying it. My body is in, in terrible shape, but even I can be like, wow, it's something going on over there with his, his same eating. same yeah yeah um yeah, we're not a here people but no. yeah
1: no we had uh, chaz also has tattoos they are commemorating like his hookups with both Michelle Kwan and Oksana Bayul. <laughs> which yeah. she's as cold as the ice she skates on <laughs> yeah which is hilarious cuz they're both real life skaters and i'm like did they have, I, <laughs> did they have to get permission from them to I've used their, their names in that joke, or or is it just considered a parody and it's it's fair game? I don't know.
0: I'd hope they'd reach out to them and just be like, "Hey, just so you know, we're going to use your name in this joke. Uh, you know, you cool? Hope you're cool with it." Like and imply that you hooked up with this with Will Ferrell's character. <laughs> I don't know. Do you need to get con? Okay? own
1: name? Yeah, it's probably just fair game because they're public figures.
0: Yeah, I guess so. But so. Still.
1: Yeah, oh. but it's not, I don't think either one actually appears in the movie, so they're just referenced by name. It, mm. It's just, I don't know. It just made me wonder. No, I hear you. Um, yeah. and, and Taz also has like a uh, a lone wolf tattoo because, you know, he was he was the lone wolf. Oh! Yeah, but now he's learning to be a partner. Right. And, and he's he is also a supportive friend to Jimmy. He, he encourages Jimmy to go call Katie and ask her out.
0: Well, yeah, I think what he does is Jimmy tells Chaz, hey, I kind of have a crush on the enemy, like Katie Mm -hmm. Van Waldenberg. And he's like, oh, nice. You should call her. And he's like, no, no, I don't know. I don't want to do that. And, but uh, Chaz just literally just walks up to the phone, calls her, and he's like, hey, it's ringing. And he just hands him the phone.
1: Right, right. And then, and then when Katie receives the call, she's getting coached on her end by her brother and sister. Uh, who are like, oh yeah, you should seduce him and that'll help us sabotage the other team. Right. So we've got we got a scene of of Strands and Fairchild coaching Katie on their end while on Jimmy's end of the phone, Chaz is coaching him on the call. And they're and they're all trying to make it sound all hot and
0: sexy. Yeah, and with these two people who are not those types of people at all.
1: They are very repressed, very sexually awkward characters
0: yeah i think at one point uh strong uh, tells katie to like oh say say this you know he writes down something for her to say and right. she says oh that's great we'll meet tomorrow that will give me enough time to get my jugs waxed right which
1: waxing jugs that's that's hot hey now right hubba hubba <laughs> yeah but they, they, i mean when they're left to their own devices uh Jimmy just asked Katie out. He was like, hey, would you, do you want to go get a snow cone? So, yeah, it's very... so they, get a, they get a nice snow cone. Because I mean, they're, oh. they're psychologically probably about 14. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're probably, yeah, you're pretty much. Yeah. Uh, they're, um, they're innocent.
1: They are very innocent characters, yeah. And it's kind of adorable. Right. Um, and, they, you know, John Heater and, and Jenna Fisher both play that very well.
0: The are totes adorbs.
1: They are. They are. Um, meanwhile, the coach uh, is trying to get Jimmy and Chaz to do this uh, forbidden move. What, was it actually banned? Yeah. It, it, it's a forbidden move uh, called the Iron Lotus. Which... Right.
0: Like He wanted to perfect this move, this ice skating move that was so revolutionary and so dangerous that like the U.S. didn't want anything to do with it. They didn't want to touch it. So right. he did it in the only place where you can do sort of revolutionary extremely dangerous moves north korea
1: yeah and and he shows them footage of this move being practiced and, and it looks like they pull it off beautifully it involves like uh, like tossing your partner and the, to- the the partner kind of twirls around in the air and right. the the blade comes like very close to your partner's neck and it actually beheads the other skater yeah, we see we get we get a beheading in this movie, guys. That we have a beheading. They they finish the move and they 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 get into their final poses and then the,
0: the partner's head just falls off. Yeah,
1: and it's just it's so cartoonish. It's comical,
0: right? Everybody's like, "Oh, all right. Uh But right. yeah, but what? But then Coach explains to them, no, "No, I just I understand now why that didn't work because it's a it was a man and a woman, like, right?" The uh, I guess the, the math was off because like the, the body yeah. weight or whatever the math body
1: was. weight and the, the strength. And he's like, Yeah, but a man and a man can pull this off, so
0: because they have uh, just twin dongs,
1: as <laughs> yeah, said. yeah, uh, the, the two hot dogs in the single bun, that's, that's right, <laughs> two francs, one bun, that's right. Um, so they're going to practice this, and, they, and we have a montage. Later on, of like Will Ferrell, he's like practicing this over and over with like these these dummies that that have wigs that make it look like exactly Jimmy's blonde hair, and and there we there are like twenty heads that have all been cut off, and and Will Ferrell's like, oh no no no, I'm gonna get it, I'm gonna get it, don't worry.
0: <laughs> Jimmy's like, uh, oh, what? I'm, I'm, oh. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> uh, so yeah, then we cut to. Jimmy and Katie going out on their date and we see them yeah. both dressed up the way that each of their uh, you know friends and partners want them to dress. So we see Jimmy dressed up like um like Chaz, you know, like a wolf's yeah. tooth yeah. necklace and black leather and fringes and
1: And and Katie's dressed much more uh sexually than she would be if left her on she She's in like the silver mini skirt and I think a halter top or something, but yeah.
0: Right. And uh, then the two of them start to bond a little bit just because, uh, you know, Jimmy talks about how he was pretty much sheltered his whole life and he was only uh, born to and born and raised to, you know, be a great ice skater and a figure skater. He didn't know anything outside of that world. And um, Katie confides in him that, yeah, like, you know, her parents died kind of because of her, but not really because like they were driving to her ice skating recital and like they got killed in a car wreck, so you know, through that she's always felt guilt about it. So her brother and sister kind of get them get her to do whatever they want because of that guilt. Yeah. Yeah. And then they kiss. And then they kiss. And and it's Yeah. <laughs> mm.
1: it, it it's an awkward kiss because neither one of them is very experienced at the kissing thing.
0: Yeah, they don't they don't know nothing about no lip locks. No. <laughs> and I think after they kiss, I think uh, Katie says, well, I didn't, I never saw my uh, story about my parents dying to be a romantic one." But
1: okay.
0: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then they just still go. Yeah, it it's bizarre, but it's also kind of sweet, um, right? And then we see the next day, uh, Chaz asks about he jacks Jimmy about the day. It's like, hey, how'd the how'd your date go with your lady? You uh you carve up any ice with your wiener? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> With your wiener. Uh yeah, so then uh cut to them uh going to Montreal and For the uh,
1: World Winter Sport Games. The World Winter Sport Games 20. So this this dates all the way back to 1987. Wow. What, yeah. was, what was life like back then? I mean just just the the story traditions of, of the World Winter Sport Games. I mean, I think we all remember all the great moments over the years of the World Winter Sport Games, right? The, the downhill skiing. Right. The, the snowball fights.
0: Yeah, uh, cool runnings. Um, yeah. That one thing that happened, the other thing that happened. Right. I mean, my God. I mean, it was history in the yeah. making.
1: I mean, there are just too many great moments over those 20 years to list them all. I think we just did list them all.
0: I think we did, yes. You're right. That was it. Okay, that was it. Good job, us. Yay. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, so we see Jimmy and Chaz giving a press conference. The Prince seems to love them. You know, sponsors seem to love them. They seem to be getting more and more traction and momentum. Uh, Then we see, um, as they're giving their speech, like uh, Katie's in the audience saying hey to Jimmy waving, you know, uh, coquettishly. And uh, Fairchild sees that. And says, Oh, it seems like you and Jimmy are getting along. That's great. Now we want you to seduce and sleep with Chaz.
1: Yes. Yes. Um, before we get into that, that's a plot. There's just a line during the press conference that I love where uh, Chaz just says, Oh, hey, you figured out how to work the Google on the internet machine. <laughs> I just love that line. <laughs> it's
0: line.
1: It's a good line. It's a good line. It's a good line. It's a good line. But, yes, they, they tell Katie to turn her attention to Chaz and have sex with him to just, you know, drive a wedge between these two partners and friends.
0: Right. And, of course, Katie first doesn't want to do it. And then they say, well, if you don't do it, you know, some something might happen to Jimmy's legs. You know, uh, be ashamed if something happened to his legs. You know what I mean? Below the knee and above the ankle.
1: That's right. You know, they, they, want her, they want her to do the... Uh, tanya harding type of thing maybe yeah go full galuli full galuli jeff galuli that was the guy's name I was yeah guy's name yes yeah, sebastian stan i saw the movie i i still need to see i tanya um, it's good
0: it's good
1: yeah i gotta i gotta check that out it's good stuff so um so so
0: we have chaz he's going to his sex addicts meeting because he is a sex addict yeah that, that's a running theme throughout the movie he always says oh uh, you know it's I'm a sex addict. It's my cross the bear, and he's always trying. Right, he's always trying to hump and bone. Yeah,
1: yeah. So he goes. He goes to his sex addict meeting. We have another cool cameo. We've got Luke Wilson as the the head of the the sex addicts meeting. Yeah,
0: like uh, another a little bit of an
1: old school reunion here. I know. Yeah, that's that was cool. I was like, oh yeah, I forgot Luke Wilson was in this.
0: Yeah, yeah. I um, also liked in the sex addicts meeting. There's like they show the things around there, like a, like a pot of coffee. And of course, like a bowl full of condoms.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. And they, they have a, a pledge. Let me see if I can find the text of the pledge. I think, that, oh, here it is. It's, God grant me the serenity not to have sex with my friend's girlfriend, the courage to go home tonight without having sex with my friend's girlfriend, and the wisdom to walk away from my friend's smoking hot girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> so that is their sex addict anonymous pledge. Words of wisdom, man. Words of wisdom, words words to live by. Yeah, follow those words, brother. Yeah. So so Katie comes, shows up to the sex addicts meeting, and she's like, "Hi, I'm Katie. I'm a sex addict.
0: I like all the sex."
1: Yes. <laughs> and and uh, she she and Chaz they start talking a bit after the meeting, and she's like, "Well, we should we should get together and bond." You know, subtext bone. Hey. And, and she invites Chaz up to her hotel room at eleven
0: fifty-five p.m. You know what goes down at eleven fifty-five at a hotel? Yeah, room. come on.
1: And and I like at, right after they make that date, I guess um, we see Luke Wilson as the 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 counselor. He, he drives behind his car and he leans out his windows and he's like, "Hey, come on, people, break it up, break it up, go home." And we see like some sex addicts who are like in a a clinch together. They separate, and some a couple more come out of the bushes. So it's like everybody from the sex addicts meeting
0: is hooking up. <laughs> like, get out of there! The yeah. yeah, Get out! <laughs> so, go on, get yeah. <laughs> that that was cute. <laughs> that was cute. No, that was funny. That was a good visual. Yeah, uh, that was a nice
1: unexpected gag. Right. Um,
0: oh, so- and also, uh, We also should mention, like, uh, Jimmy was in his hotel room, and he gets like a little, um, like a little uh, teddy bear with a note on it. Sent to right. him saying, "Jimmy, meet me in my hotel room, Katie."
1: Which and and what time is he meeting her at her hotel room? Like maybe around midnight, like five minutes after Chaz is there.
0: Uh, yeah, I guess so. Hmm. I wonder that 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 can't spell that can't be good. They're in a collision course of wackiness. Mm. Um.
1: So so Chaz meets up with Katie in her hotel room, and and Katie's. She's she's decked out in like some lingerie and and looking looking hot to trot.
0: Yeah. ooh, I mean, Pam from the office. I'll leave. Yeah,
1: that's right. Holly, holy. She's, she's she's all panned out. Um, And and she's she's bringing the heat. She's coming on to Chaz. I mean, she is reluctantly doing this. She doesn't want to do it, but she feels like she's forced to. And, and Chaz. I mean, there's there's a funny bit where like we'll. Will Ferrell just like grabs on Jenna Fisher's chest,
0: yeah, yeah, that's and cool. just
1: keeps his hands there for a very long time. It's like Tom Hanks in Big. Yeah, yeah. But as he's doing this, he he realizes that you know Jimmy is his friend, and he can't go through with this. He can't go. He can't sleep with a woman that Jimmy has feelings for. Um, his hands are still on her her boobs this entire time. I mean, he's still a man. Yeah. <laughs> And then, just then, you know who comes by, but Jimmy McElroy. What? With with a big bouquet of flowers, and he's he sees those two, and he, of course he thinks the worst. Impure, impure. Yes. You sex feet. So, and 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 Chaz is like, no, Jimmy, no, it's not what you think. It's it was nothing. Think of it as a a boob handshake. <laughs> yeah, you know. At one, point, at one point, he like takes his hands off. Uh, Jenna Fisher's chest, and, and then he like puts one hand back on
0: one of her press A minute later, it's very funny. I mean, to to be honest, I mean they are boobs. I mean, you gotta. How, how do you take your hands off boobs? Uh, I,
1: look, I I have not found out the answer to that yet in my life.
0: <laughs> you can't. You can't. Have, it's like, it's, it's I mean, movie. any
1: any any boob in this world that I've stopped touching, it's not really been by choice. It's just. you know it's like settle down we you know we have to move on with our
0: lives (laughs) we got things to do i got laundry yeah you know
1: i've got a meeting at work okay fine (laughs) fine so um so then we got like chaz is you know desperately trying to apologize to jimmy he makes like a long series of phone calls to apologize katie is of course she's Horrified, she breaks away from her brother and sister. She's also calling Jimmy to apologize.
0: Right, but like no one can find Jimmy. No one knows where he is. And uh, it's and then now it's the next day, the day of the big uh, the big event.
1: Yes, yes, it's the day they're they're going to do their routines. They're going to compete. Um, we we have Chaz in the morning. He's getting ready to go to the arena. He gets into his cab to take him there. And and who's the driver? It's it's Strands. It's Will Arnett. Hey! Yeah. yes I mean, he's he's all evil and he he kidnaps him and he he ties him up into in like a some warehouse room
0: somewhere some right. storage room right and uh, With lots
1: of ice skates on the wall
0: right and it turns out uh Jimmy was is actually at the uh at the event he's act he he's mm-hmm. at the uh, the stadium he spent the night there um so yeah so the yeah like I said Chaz goes to him but you know of course uh, strands kidnaps him uh Fairchild is at the stadium he she sees Um, Jimmy there and, um, she ends up, you know, knocking him out and, uh, handcuffing him to a urinal in the, in the, in the restroom.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's handcuffed inside of a bathroom stall on the, on the railing of the side. Um, Chaz manages to free himself by cutting, uh, his, the ropes with a, the blade from an ice skate hanging on the wall. And a a chase ensues between uh,
0: Chaz and Strands. Yeah, and uh, that's actually was a pretty funny scene because the two, like, um, because like where the warehouse um, Chaz was at, it's near a lake, so he was able to get on some ice skates and skate away towards the arena to to make it in time for the event. Uh, Or Strands sees him and he gets on skates as well, and he skates towards him, and so it's like like a running chase with ice skates. They're skating towards each other. Yeah. But then once they get to the arena, they have to get off the ice and, like, walk across the street in skates. So Mm -hmm. the the chase uh, goes a little slower.
1: (laughs) Yes, yeah. It's much more wobbly. Uh, And they they get inside the arena, and, (laughs) like, uh, Chaz gets on the escalator, and his skates are caught in the grooves on the escalator.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And then Strands does the same thing. He gets on the escalator, his skates get caught in the groove, and then they're like... I'm coming to get you as soon as I get off this escalator. Yeah, and so they're basically both, both
1: just stuck in place, going up on this slow escalator. And and Chaz, at one point, he like turns to Strands, and he's like, "So what's your what's your outfit anyway? Are you are you because Strands is in a uh, in, in just like a gray business suit with a a black tie, and he his hair's done in like a early '60s style. And he's like, "So so who are you? Are you like uh, Rod Serling from the Twilight Zone or right and and, and it's like, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm JFK. It, it all makes sense in context,
0: <laughs> right? Because as we see, um, uh, Fairchild is dressed up as Marilyn Monroe, and like right. I said, she, she handcuffed uh, Jimmy to the bathroom stall to, you know, by the urinal. Of course, she tells him, "Well, I wouldn't have to do this if my dumb sister would have done what I told her to do, and you know, slept with Chaz to break you guys up." And that's right. where, that's where Jimmy learns, like, oh, she didn't, she didn't sleep with him. Hooray! um yay. then as we see he's Fre- still pure yay yep. <laughs> yes pure <laughs> driven snow uh so then we see fiat to leave him locked up she tosses the key you know conveniently in the garbage can in a, mm-hmm. in the bath in the bathroom stall uh jimmy can only poke his head out from underneath the stall door um she he sees a kid in there saying hey kid can you help me out here the kid of course gets freaked out stranger danger stranger danger. Mm -hmm. runs out the bathroom, knocks over the garbage can. And, uh, the key is on a used piece of toilet paper. Right. Which unrolls to the stall door. So there's this long
1: roll of toilet paper that he, that, that Jimmy has to bring to him to get that key to him.
0: Right. And then probably one of the more grosser scenes in this movie, uh, Jimmy can sort of get the, can get to the toilet paper, um, so, so he could bring the key closer to him, but he, he can only do that with his mouth. So he gets yeah. he puts the key he puts his tongue on the toilet paper to drag it towards him, and of course, on the toilet paper there's all types of you know dust and used lollipops and yeah. you know super gross. It's out stuff.
1: of trash. The there's gross stuff on there. Yeah.
0: So as he's trying to drag the key that's on the toilet paper to him, his mouth is hitting all this garbage and stuff while he's on a urinal floor. Yeah. It's it's all
1: very gross and suspenseful. Yeah, if you
0: have like some type of like you know OCD against stuff like that, this this scene will probably they'll probably pass out from, yeah. from this scene.
1: Um m- meanwhile, like Chaz is still being chased by strands. He actually tries to get a make a getaway across like this ice over
0: uh body of water, and he falls through the ice. Yes, yes, he falls right through the ice, and we know he's gone because we, we probably actually we didn't mention it before like how how um, Chaz has this like hairbrush that he uses to, to brush his hair like a hundred times oh yes yeah we also find that Chaz uses horse shampoo on his <laughs> hair because it leaves his hair more you know luxurious um, at one point we find that he has this hairbrush that he really loves that's made out of ivory that he paid like twelve thousand dollars for it at one point he even says, I, I couldn't I don't I don't think I could love a human baby as much as I love this hairbrush <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah we see that hairbrush floating in the water so we know he's, yeah. uh, he's like down for the count yeah yeah
1: uh, but he is not down for the count he manages to get out of the ice he, he uses like his skate to kind of uh, grip onto the ice and hoist himself out of the, the, the frozen waters beneath
0: right. So uh, we have Strand's running back to meeting up with Fairchild. They do their uh, Marilyn Monroe, uh, JFK ice skating performance, complete with uh, a pill overdose.
1: Yeah, we we only see like little clips of it. We don't see the routine in, in full. But yeah, but Marilyn is Amy Poehler is like scooping pills into her mouth and and JFK is performing like the Heimlich on her. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So it all sounds very tasteful and very historical. Yeah,
0: you know, very yeah, very appropriate. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, yep. So, yep. <laughs> so then, but they perform; they get a good score, and uh, so Jimmy was able to break free. He's able to mm-hmm. perform, but uh, of course, Chaz is not there, so he has to show up in the next few minutes, or also disqualified. Uh, Chaz is able to make it, you know, frostbite and all. He busts through the door. He screams mm-hmm. to Jimmy as Jimmy's on the ice saying, Hey, I'm here, Jimmy. Nothing happened between me and Katie. She's not a whore. He, he's screaming at the top of his lungs. Katie
1: is not a whore. <laughs> and and you, we see just Jenna Fisher just sort of cringing in her seat. Uh, right.
0: <laughs> But it's, it's, you know, she's not a whore. That's a, it's a good she's thing. She's not
1: a whore, and people need to know this. That's a positive thing. It's not. <laughs> it's a good thing. Their life. Hey, hey, and, and you know, not that she can't be a whore if she wants to be a whore. She's a liberated woman. She can make her own choices and all that. But it, it, our important takeaway, not a whore.
0: Right. Exactly. If you take away anything yeah. from this podcast, and I hope you do, is that she's not a whore.
1: Katie, not a whore. But if she was, that'd be cool. Yeah. I mean, if she wants to be a whore, if she's forced into being a whore, that's not so cool, but right. you know, yeah. I think it's all up... about choice. Yes. What we're saying. It's
0: all about, we're pro choice here. That's all we're trying to say.
1: Exactly. Exactly. She can make her own decisions about her personal level of whoredom.
0: Absolutely. Well, yeah. <laughs> did not expect to be saying whore so much in this episode, but here we are. Whore. <laughs> um, yes. uh, so Will Ferrell, he makes his way down to the ice skating rink by, uh, Ripping off his jock strap just yeah. right out of his pants and uh, hoisting himself as, onto like a, like a, like a, repelling himself off of like a rope that goes straight down there, going over zip the zip lines on down. That's the word, zip line. Zip, zip line.
1: Lines straight on down. And then and then he just ducks behind the, the, the barrier, the partition, and he instantly changes into his ice skating outfit.
0: As you do. <laughs> it looks because great. He, because
1: that is a talent that he has. He can get undressed in seconds. Because sex act.
0: Yes, of course. Uh, yeah. yeah, and then the two of them continue their routine to uh, flesh Gordon. Yeah. yeah, well, not before Chaz he
1: tosses out his jock strap and it it is caught by professional skater Sasha Cohen. Yes, so, another skating cameo, not to be confused with Sasha Baron Cohen. No, which is and that's probably why he goes by <laughs> Sasha Baron Cohen, which I didn't really realize until this.
0: Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe that is. I just realized that now. Like, yeah, I guess he didn't want to be confused with the skater. It's like. Vanessa L. Williams, I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah. Huh. So, um, yeah. So then they start their routine. Uh, he, he Chaz makes it there right in the nick of time. It was like if he didn't arrive right then, they were going to get disqualified in within thirty seconds.
0: Right. Uh, so they so. continue their performance, and the performance goes well. It's mm-hmm. like it's damn near perfect. Uh, yeah, they're
1: they're in. Like sort of science fiction themed outfits, they look kind of like uh, David Bowie Starman era.
0: Mm, nice. Right? I was gonna...
1: uh, Jimmy's got like the little lightning bolt by his eye. You were going to say what? I was going to
0: say like Tron. Like I saw like a little Tron.
1: Yeah, there's a little Tron in there too. Uh, and they're they're doing their routine to the Queen's Flash Gordon theme. They they're doing. They got fireworks shooting out of their costumes. They're doing cartwheels together. I
0: mean, it's a and... spectacle.
1: Yeah, and they do they do a freestyle section, which was, you know, that's that's outside of Jimmy's comfort zone. That you know he's he's not comfortable improvising while he's skating. But they they do a freestyle section, and it's great. Uh, the
0: commentators say these guys put the bone in Zamboni. Hey, yeah, and uh, we get those up to actual sports newscasters, uh, Jim Lampley and Scott Hamilton. Scott Hamilton, who I believe was also a skater, if I'm remembering correctly. I believe you're correct. Yeah. Yeah, so a lot of professional skaters cameoing in this movie, yeah. if you haven't noticed. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so at this point, they're going well. Everything's going great. Uh, Strons and Fairchild are nervous because, like, oh, if they win, we're done for. we got to get real jobs, and we don't want to do and that.
1: We, we can't be as incestuous with each other.
0: <laughs> okay. No. Figure
1: skating world. tolerates us much more than the rest of the world does. So.
0: <laughs> the real world won't accept us.
1: Yeah, so we have to sabotage them, so... So uh, Fairchild, she breaks her pearl necklace and tosses it out on the rink. Really impressive shot, by the way. Yeah, that, where... that was
0: pretty like some fancy, uh, some, some fancy camera work there.
1: Yeah, I mean, we see her break the, the pearl necklace and then the camera just kind of follows the pearls. I'm assuming they're CGI pearls. And then we see it like bouncing across the, the, the ice rink. And then that uh, screws up Chaz. Chaz slips and he breaks his ankle. And so they, it looks like they can't complete compete their routine. They can't do the Iron Lotus
0: that they've planned and practiced so hard. Yeah, yeah. Like um, uh, Chaz broke his knee, and uh, they need to. Do, but they need to do the Iron Lotus in order to win, John. So at the yeah. last minute, Jimmy says, "All right, let's let's switch places. Like I'll uh, I'll I'll lift you around, and you you know instead of what we originally planned." Yeah, yeah, so, yeah.
1: so they've, they've switched places for the Iron Lotus and, you know, the, this was a risky move to begin with, doing it how they practiced. I mean, that, we're we're in
0: uncharted territory here. They've never practiced it the other way. Right, like I think Coach sees what they're doing and he's like, no, don't do it! Oh my God, what have I done? <laughs> you, yeah, you'll, yeah, You'll kill him, you'll behead him. You crazy bastards. That's suicide, man, it's suicide. Yeah,
1: but uh,
0: but they do it and it goes off amazingly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we get this really close shot. Out this close shot of um, Jimmy doing the spin, and it coming super close to Chaz's neck, so close that it cuts off two, like uh, two, like some of his stubble.
1: Yeah, like it, two, two, two bits of the hair. Yeah, so that is how close it got to slashing Chaz's throat and beheading him. Almost looks like a
0: razor commercial. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, they pull it off. And they, they win the whole uh, shebang bang Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Strands and Fairchild get arrested by uh, Mountie Andy Richter. Yeah. Just a random Andy Richter cameo at the end. Uh, yeah.
1: As- that's always nice to see. And and I liked how they had the the mascot. Like, when when uh, Strands is chasing Chaz, he, he's chasing him with a crossbow during yeah. that sequence. And he, he like, impales... Uh, a mascot with like a big uh, snow ball for a head yeah and we uh, see the mascot come in with the, the, the big snowball head and then the, the, a arrow <laughs> sticking out of it and he just he just lifts his hand and points
0: points to Stras. <laughs> like, that's the man <laughs> right And yeah so uh, Mounty uh, Andy Richter come to take him away. Um, we see Stras mm-hmm. and Fairchild fighting over this because now they're totally ruined. And, of course, right. their fighting goes right into uh, a make-out session. The,
1: they, they kiss each other incestuously, as it says in the Wikipedia entry. Yeah. And, yeah. I, you know, th- that was nice to see. I was hoping that those two crazy kids would get
0: together. Yeah, they uh, they belong together.
1: Oh, wait, no. I mean, no, because What? No, no. It's we illegal. Don't. Yeah. But, no, they were married in real life at the time, so I guess it's okay. Uh, I have weird feelings about this.
0: <laughs> it makes you feel weird.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know how I feel about this.
0: Uh, yeah. But uh, but yeah. Everything works out for the best. Um, Katie and Jimmy get together and they mm-hmm. they, they kiss properly because um, yeah. you know Jimmy taught. I mean Chaz taught Jimmy a few things about yeah. how to do that properly. And
1: Katie not a whore.
0: Of course, yes. Let's get that. <laughs> let's let's repeat that a few more times.
1: And 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 Chaz and Jimmy's friendship is repaired. Chaz shows Jimmy his new tattoo of of Jimmy on his arm, and it's right next to his lone wolf tattoo. So he's like, "I have a new tattoo of a wolf who runs with the lone wolf."
0: Right, and it's of it's of Jimmy's face kind of poking out of his uh, Chaz's skin. Which yeah, is, it's a little disturbing, but it's, it's 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 heart's in the right place. His heart was in the yeah. right place. It's sweet. Yeah. So,
1: so they receive the gold medal. They, they both have the gold medal, and then they, they fly off into the sky. Yeah, <laughs> with, with the rockets on their skates. It's just a totally surreal ending, which I love.
0: Yeah, it's, it's it is, and then it ends with um, a song by Bo Bice called "Blades of Glory." So, I guess Bo Bice wrote a song for this ending.
1: Sure. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I, I mean, you got to get that that sweet, sweet American Idol money.
0: Yeah. So it's like you know, it's like one of those over the top '80s. You know, it's a blaze of glory. Gonna, yeah. Gonna chase your dreams tonight. It's like one of those songs. I just yeah. made. I just made that up. Hey,
1: that that was great. That was wonderful.
0: Gonna ride with the wolves and chase your dream on the blaze of glory, yeah. <laughs> I think I have a career in songwriting. I'm just saying. If somebody wants to take that sound clip
1: and just remix it and put a cool beat under Darren doing that, I would love to hear that.
0: Please. Somebody do that and send me the MP3 of that, because I need a new ringtone.
1: Yes. 100%. 100%. So,
0: so that was Blades of Glory. I
1: I think it's, it's a very funny movie. I enjoyed this. I enjoyed it back then. I enjoyed it now.
0: Yeah, no, I totally get a kick out of it. Like, I think, I mean... I mean, Will Farrell's all. I mean, the comedy dynamo. Uh, I mean, John Heater was good too, and Jenna Fisher was good too. But I, I really think, like, Will Ferrell really does kind of steal all the scenes he's in, and, yeah. as well as Will Arnett was damn funny in this too. Will Will Arnett was very funny.
1: I mean, he and Amy Poehler work very well together, of course. And yeah, it's you know, it's it's kind of a shame that they're not together anymore, and and probably will not work together again. I would imagine. Um, yeah. But. Ooh. But yeah, they're very funny in this movie.
0: Absolutely. So uh, yeah, Blades of Glory. It's a knee slapper, guys. This one's a hoot. Yeah, and it's. I think it's been like a little forgotten with time, which a little unfairly so. A little
1: bit. I, I think I should. I should have looked up how much money it made. Um, uh, I've got it up here on Wikipedia. Apparently, the budget was sixty-one million, and the box office was one forty-five point seven million. That's that's decent. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. Yeah, a little. So it's a little over uh, twice the budget. So, not bad. All right. No. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't
0: like old school money, but still, it did well.
1: No, yeah. And it's not the big cult film that Anchorman is, but I, I think it's a solid entry in in Will Ferrell's filmography. I would wholeheartedly agree. Yeah.
0: And, and he and John Heater make a, a good team, too. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. So, you've been teasing the backstory about this movie throughout this episode. So, I, I got to hear. I gotta hear yeah. all, the, all the brouhaha's about all the hoopla. It about. is
1: nuts. Like when we were first talking about doing this movie, I just like looked it up on IMDb and you know trying to figure out when we were going to schedule it and stuff. We were talking about doing it sometime when the Olympics were going on. Um, this movie, the 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 backstory of the writing of this movie, it's it's kind of nuts. Um, it's credited to uh brothers jeff and craig cox but it was actually conceived
0: initially by busy phillips yeah i think i saw that in the imdb uh yeah and i was like yeah so i had like a ton of screenwriters and a ton of story it said story by and there's like four people and screenplay was by like a bunch of people so i was like what is that's a, that's quite right. a bit of people
1: so the backstory is uh, busy Phillips uh, Craig Cox was her boyfriend. She was shooting white Chicks, the movie White Chicks up in Vancouver and she was watching a lot of figure skating on TV okay. And uh, she broke down the outline for the movie, drafted and, um, and then and drafted the script with uh, Craig Cox and his brother Jeff and they even wrote in a love interest role for Phillips to play. This is this was all detailed uh on vulture and on an uh, i've also got an et online story so i'm assuming the the love interest part was the jenna fisher part the part that jenna fisher ended up playing
0: okay well um, so so this so busy wrote this film for her to star in or her to be in
1: yeah for her to be one of the stars yes hmm. um they they originally had uh ben stiller and will ferrell in mind Okay. Uh, then Ben Stiller decided, like, that the part of Chaz was a little too close to other parts he played. I guess he was thinking about um, dodgeball, maybe? dodgeball, uh, or something. And I can see then that. Will Ferrell stepped into the Chaz Michael Michael's part. But but after the screenplay was done, the brothers dropped Busy Phillips's name from the script and sold it without her. Oh. Um, and she she writes about it in her book. Um, uh, this will only hurt a little. And uh, she she wrote, I had a hard time recovering. It wasn't the script. It was that I'd been so easily thrown out like trash. I was in the way of their success, I guess, collateral damage And in order for them to do this insanely shitty thing to me. They vilified me and told me I was crazy. The story became that I was the one who had tried to steal ideas from them, that I was always just looking out for myself. They had come up with this amazing story, and I was the less-than-talented girlfriend trying to glom onto their talent and carve out a piece for myself, a piece that I didn't deserve. I had a hard time figuring out what was real.
0: Oh, wow. Wait, so she didn't have, like, a legal stake or anything like that? The-
1: well, like, apparently they they just kind of shut her out, and they gaslit her about this. And there was an oral history of the movie on Nerdist where the... Uh, Craig, Jeff, and Craig Cox just were talking about how they conceived it, and they didn't mention Busy Phillips at all. Busy, Busy Phillips uh, got in their face about it, and they edited the Nerdist piece to acknowledge Busy Phillips's contributions.
0: Wow, that is
1: yeah insane. This is a quote of her on on Vulture uh, from uh, a 2018 article. She says, As soon as I saw it, my heart sank because I knew what was going to fucking happen. Phillips recalled at this year's Vulture Festival in Los Angeles. That would be 2018. I got panicky, PTSD panicky. Uh, As she anticipated, Craig fully uh, attributed the idea of Blades of Glory to his brother Jeff, completely eliminating Phillips' contributions. Uh, Quote, That's not what happened. I read that and I lost my shit. She continued. I sent him some very intense text messages and we had an exchange and he profusely apologized and he got nervous to change it. Okay. Well, at least he did that. Uh, I basically was like, you're basic. You're dead to me and have fun reading my fucking book. You motherfucker. Weeks later, Phillips also received an equally apologetic email from Jeff.
0: Damn. Wow. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean that 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 is fucked up. And this story like broke years ago. She wrote about this, but I had no idea about this until I went on the Wikipedia and IMDb pages for Blades of Glory. Yeah, this so is it's still I don't think widely known.
0: Yeah, I, this is the first time I'm ever hearing about this.
1: Yeah, yeah, and a nice postscript that I found to this story um, at the after party for the Blades of Glory premiere. Uh, Phillips recalls getting a bit of absolution for, for the debacle from a no nonsense. Saturday Night Live alum. Amy Poehler grabbed me. Girl, she said, Seth Myers told me the story of what those dudes did. Fuck them. You rock and are so talented. Come here, sit at our table. Oh, wow. So That's
0: cool. Uh, Amy so Poehler. Amy Poehler takes ass. Right, right. But no, Amy Poehler
1: is That, man, that, that is so fucked up that that happened. And right,
0: yeah. No, I, I've never heard of that story. That's... Uh, yeah. That is... Wow, that's that's a uh, that's that's uh, allegedly. I mean, that's like uh, that's pretty crazy.
1: That's nuts. I mean, it's and it's just like, but what right. what would you lose by giving Bill, Busy Phillips some credit and having her play a part in the movie? I don't
0: right. Allegedly, right? Yeah. Right, right. Allegedly, um, that's uh, wow. Well,
1: I mean, it seems like it's been acknowledged by the people involved. so... Okay.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess you're right. But uh, still, that I've never heard that story before. That's, jeez, uh, yeah. this is, oh, it's tough business. Yeah. Yeah. I and
1: mean, it's just, and it's like, and it's just so weird because like it, it, Jeff and Craig Cox were unknowns, and Busy Phillips was, an an established talent, you know, not not like super famous A list star, but I mean you know she's been around she's done lots of cool stuff Yeah. You no, know she why, has. why not have her in the
0: movie she's she's an asset yeah that is wow i i mean jeez i mean are those guys still working i mean I, i'm hoping like some, um, that's something done like... some stuff uh since uh do you, they don't they don't have a uh, wikipedia
1: pages And one of these stories uh, told some of their subsequent credits but i don't have it handy right
0: now all right. Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping. It, but... I'm hoping after the story broke, people were just like, "Oh, we know we shouldn't work with these guys because they're." Mm.
1: I don't know. I mean, at least, at least they acknowledged the mistake and they tried to make it right. But you know, that, that's not something you ever should have done in the first fucking place. You know? Here, here. Yeah. Wow.
0: That, so... Yeah, that's a. That is. That is quite a tale. Holy, holy moly! That's right. nuts, right? Yeah. No, it is. It is. I'm sorry. That's. Uh... I, I i'm sorry i'm just i'm just beside myself i'm just i know i know yeah <laughs> yeah <Wow. laughs>
1: i read that and i was like okay we're definitely going to talk about this
0: yeah no let, yeah absolutely uh so yeah so, so um so i guess the takeaway is uh billy busy phillips is the real uh, yeah. hero of this uh of this film yeah it,
1: it's it says uh on imdb uh she was reluctantly given credit as a writer due to the film's vulnerability of a lawsuit and the rules of the writers guild so she has like a story by by credit now
0: yeah i did i do see that in imdb so i
1: mean she's, yeah. she's got
0: that that's good
1: so that's good and i, I you know i hope some money comes with that as well so
0: right no absolutely absolutely, absolutely. i mean because
1: it's a, it's a great idea it's a great yeah. idea for for a film
0: and yeah absolutely huh. yeah yeah so uh so i mean a busy Phillips, if you're if you're listening, and you know we we know you are. We we stand with you here at Yeah, Mart. yeah. We love
1: we love busy Phillips. Love freaks and geeks. Love Cougar Town. You know, I watched your your that uh, talk show you had on E. That was unfortunately short lived. But uh, uh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. We, we enjoy the busy Phillips. I've not read her book yet. I gotta. I need to pick up her book. Uh, yeah, I guess I have to pick it up too. I have never read it. I, like, I mean, the last thing I saw of her was um, I actually watched. I mean, this is SNL related. Uh, I watched a couple episodes of uh, Girls' Five Eva on uh, Peacock. Yeah,
1: yeah, I haven't checked that out yet. How's that?
0: Uh, I've only watched the first three episodes because I mean, Peacock does this thing where like to sign up for Peacock is free, but then mm-hmm. not all of the episodes are free. So, oh, so, yeah. I thought they had like a free thing where you could watch stuff with commercials. Uh you can't I this is how I saw it like uh so I signed up for free for Peacock and I was able to watch the first three episodes of Girls Five Eva, but then after that you kind of you have to pay you know like like five bucks a month to see the rest of the episodes. Oh, that's how they get you yeah. and if you want to see it without ads, then that's ten bucks a month <laughs> oh oh okay so that's I, interesting I yeah know that yeah, so I only saw the first three episodes and I really dig them I, it's um I mean for those that don't know, uh, Girls 5eva. It's um, it's a sitcom written by the same people that gave us uh, uh Kimmy Schmidt, you know, Robert Kylock mm-hmm. and uh, Tina Fey. Uh, it focuses on a girl group from you know the late '90s, early aughts called Girls 5eva, and um, now that now you know, cut to Martin Day, they're all in their 40s, they're all older women, and uh, they're a girl group that had like one hit song back in their heyday, so. They're they're literally like one hit wonders. Um, Cut to present day. um, There's a rapper now who's out called a little stinker who, who samples one of their songs and it becomes a hit. So now they have a little bit of heat because of, you know, uh, Was it uh, people kind of interested in them again? You know, Mm -hmm. the nostalgia factor is in again. Sort of like when
1: Little Nutsack used uh, Dewey Cox's Walk Hard in his song.
0: Yes, of course. We all remember that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So, yeah. So, basically, the the girls want to get back together again, and they want to maybe do another, you know, have another hit and get the girls back together. It has, um, like I said before, Busy Phillips – Is uh, one of the Mm -hmm. one of the members? Uh, I know Paula Pell's in the show. Yes, Paula Pell's in it. She's one of the she's one of the members, and uh, it has two women in it that uh, have a background in music. Uh, Sarah Bareilles, of Mm -hmm. course, you know from her hit song and uh, from the Broadway show Waitress. Uh, She's in this in this um, show. She plays uh, somebody. She's like married, and she lives in Astoria, Queens, and with her husband and their kid. And she works at um, her brother's Italian restaurant. And um, it also has, I forget her name, but um, let me look it up. But uh, another singer who was from Hamilton fame. and Oh, cool. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll look up the name real quick. But, um, but yeah, like it's um, it's a good show. It's like um, it basically has like pretty much the same tone of comedy that you'd expect from Timmy Schmidt and whatnot. So if you like it has like that very New York centric, quick uh, fast paced type, type of comedy in it so it, lo- it
1: looks like the fourth one in the cast is renee yes. elise goldsbury
0: yes absolutely renee
1: yeah, she's the fierce one
0: yes yes she, and she's really good too so it has like two actual singers in it and like two comedic actors in it and uh, it's really good mm-hmm. I, I i highly recommend you check it out like i it's a show that I, i'm surprised that it's not on nbc it seems like they're making a push towards uh Putting all their original programming onto Peacock instead of actually having it on NBC, which is, I don't know if I quite get. Yeah, they
1: did. The, they did the same thing with another show that uh, Paul Pell is on, AP Bio, which I was a big fan of. It, it ran like a couple seasons on on NBC. I don't think it got the greatest ratings, but they did do, give it another season on Peacock, and I, I got to check out the uh, season they have on there. I think that's part of the free servers. but I know that Girls Five Eva has been renewed for a second season.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Like, um, it definitely has the same tone of comedy. Like I said, as Kimmy Schmidt and everything. So if you like that kind of Kimmy Schmidt Thirty Rock type of comedy, I, I check out Girls Five Eva. They do a thing where you know now that they're older women in their forties, trying to be a girl group again. They're, they're kind of looking back on how they how they were, and maybe some of the songs they sang back then maybe weren't as PC. And now that they're older women, they kind of want to take, you know, have a more mature sound. And uh, Ah. yeah, so there's like a lot of digs in the show about like the music industry, about fame, how it's fleeting and, um, you know, what was cool back then maybe isn't as cool now. And uh, there's like a lot of New York, you know, jokes that are very specific to growing up in New York City. That I dug. You do
1: love the uh, New York specific jokes, my friend.
0: Yes, I do. There's one uh, thing. Well, I, I mean, I don't think it's like a huge spoiler, but um, Sarah Bareilles, her her husband, and it wants to have another kid because they already have a kid, and she's worried that that, like, having another kid at their age might kind of mess up, uh, you know, the chances of reuniting the group together. And I think one one of the, I think Paul Appel's character says, "Oh, you have just one kid. He, you don't want him to grow up to be like a New York lonely boy." And they're like, what's that? It's like, you know, those kids you see in New York who have uh, older parents and it's, it's just a single kid. And like, they're the kids that um, that are kind of grown up by themselves. Like their best friends are the doorman. They wear fedoras and drink espresso and listen to NPR podcasts at a, at a young age because, you know, they're by themselves. So they're like New York lonely boys. That's specific. That's very specific. I like that's something like if you don't grow up in New York, you would even. I mean, you you'd get it, but like you wouldn't get it, get it. Um, and, All right,
1: Darren, we get it. You yeah. appreciate it on a deeper level than people who didn't grow up in New York. Have
0: I mentioned oh. I'm from New York City, guys? Hmm. <sighs> and uh, but yeah, it's a good show. Uh, it has like a bunch of cameos. Uh, Steve Colbert makes it a, a cameo appearance as a hey. as a producer, and uh, you know, oh, also uh, Tina Fey is in it for a little bit as Dolly Parton. And that's all I'll say about that. <laughs> oh, okay. All right.
1: Well, that's something that uh, Tina Fey and Melissa Villasenor can talk about yeah. at a
0: cocktail party. Yeah. Oh, and SNL related uh, Bonyang makes an Yang appearance too. All right. Cool, cool. So check out Girls Five Ever. It's, 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 uh, it's legit. Girls Five Ever. Check it out. Yeah. And uh, that's our episode, guys. Thanks so much for listening, as always. Um, mm-hmm. As always, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dare Incredible. That's D A R A Incredible.
1: And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Comic. That's T-R-U-M-B-U-L-L and the word comic. Mm
0: -hmm. And as always, rate,
1: review, subscribe, donate, Patreon,
0: all that good stuff. Yeah,
1: non-productive.com. Go to the Patreon, uh, donate, and uh, let them know that you're donating because of SNL Nerds. And you can hear cool special bonus episodes like our uh 1941 the illustrated story episode with Steven Bassett uh you can hear those early
0: yeah yeah absolutely and uh, we got we got some good stuff coming up people like we like John and I we plotted out our summer basically of what's coming out episode wise we got mm-hmm. some we got some uh some uh, tasty treats some some primo cuts coming coming down to pike
1: That's right, that's right. Next week, we are going to cover a movie we've been wanting to do for a while. We're going to do Mike Bariclia's Don't Think Twice. It's about an improv troupe
0: and a
1: uh, Saturday Night Live-type show figures into the plot quite
0: strongly. Yeah, like uh, this came out in uh, 2016. Uh, Like we said, it doesn't have any real SNL connections, but it has the essence, the aura of SNL. You'll you'll see Mm -hmm. what we mean once we talk about it. Uh, I just remember seeing this movie uh, you know when it came out, and uh, a lot of my comedian friends and a lot of my improv friends saw this movie, and it uh, it hit hard. It hit hard for a lot yeah. of people.
1: Yeah, it it it's streaming on Hulu, so uh, check it out on Hulu and uh, listen along. Next week we're gonna do uh, Don't Think Twice. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely, and uh, yeah, that's our episode, guys. And okay, uh, anything else to say? Anything? Anything you wanna? You know, close out on any cool catchphrase. Katie is not a whore. <laughs> That's no, no. There's there's something else we say at the every at the end of every episode.
1: Oh, uh, oh, you mean the, the the phrase that we we end every episode, where where I say, until then, and then we go into Nerds Out. You want me to do that?
0: Yeah. Could you, could you do that?
1: Okay. Just because you asked so sweetly. Thank you. Until then.